0: Hey everyone, we hope you're having a great week. My name is Eric Johnson, and along with my wife, Candace, we are the lead pastors of STUDIO. We are based in Greenville, South Carolina, and we just want to take a moment and say hello, and say thanks for listening to this podcast. So with that, let's get right to it. Hey, hey, good evening. I like Eric's announcements. That's good. If you kept talking, what was going to come out? I'm like, ah. Oh. So fun. So yeah, the queen in my house. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing when my kids call me the queen. I look at their eyes like, are you making fun of me? Or am I really the queen? So you never know. When I oh, Thank you. When I would um, travel a lot in Latin America, and you would introduce yourself and say your name, and they'd say, hmm? They'd go, uh, Candace. Candace? Uh, Como en Hechos, capítulo ocho. La reina de Ethiopia. The, the queen of Ethiopia. Do you know her in Acts 8? Um, that's my name. Whatever you call her, just call me that. <laughs> so I, um, they always had a hard time pronouncing my name. And so I would just refer back to Acts 8. There's a queen that has my name, so just call me her, whatever you call her. So, so I'm a queen in um, Acts and then in my family. So... Um, <laughs> so fun to be here. I love gathering. During worship, I felt like um, anyone who has clogs, just, you know, things we get clogged up with stuff in our life, constipated in the physical, but in the spirit, sometimes you just get clogged up. And I felt like as we are worshiping, stuff was getting unclogged. And so, if you were having a hard time feeling weighty and just stopped up in just your person, just as we're worshiping, just know you're fine. Like God's just clearing us out and so that we can receive and give and there can be a free flow from heaven through us because that's how we stay healthy. And um, so it's good. I'm so thankful to be able to worship together. Well, we're going to have fun tonight. I have a word of encouragement for us because that's what I love to do. I love to encourage people and I love we get to come to church, worship together, and then my hope is that We get everything that God has for us, and then we leave different than we came. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We love you. We trust you. Yeah, we say, come and have your way. I pray that you give us everything that we need tonight. Yeah, and I ask that you would put courage and strength in us as well. Thank you, God. I thank you for this family. I thank you for the journey that we're on. Yeah, and I thank you for your presence and your provision. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Tonight, I wanna talk about the journey. I love life. I'm an adventurer. I love um, just trying new things. I love going on journeys. And that's what life is. You know, that quote, that life is not um, just a, it's not a destination, it's a journey. And um, and it's one that God has so many promises for us while we're on this journey. And I wanna talk about just parts of the journey. You know, parts of the journey are fun, Parts of the journey are downhill. Who doesn't love downhill? You know, if you're on a bike, wee! it's just fun. It's easy. That's my favorite thing. You know, and then there's the flats. That's nice. You know, you're just going, Takes some energy, but it's nice. And then there's the uphill. That's where the work starts. You know, does anyone like uphill? It's, I mean, it's it's just work. And um, I'm always thankful for muscles because when you work out really hard and your muscles are so sore that you could barely get out of bed the next day, you're like, oh, and then I go, thank you, God, for these muscles. At least I have them. You know, so if you're really sore, you just thank, thank God at least you have muscles, because without muscles, we would just be laying there. But you know, sometimes there's seasons and journeys or parts of the journey where it just feels like we're just going uphill. Anyone ever feel like that? Like, doesn't matter what you do, like, does it really have to be this hard all the time in every direction? different parts of the journey. And some of us are in that right now. And if you're not in that going uphill, don't worry. You've either been there or you'll be back there again. It's just part of the journey. Like we are going to all experience it. And I love to talk about it because I believe that God uses those times to develop really important things inside of us. Things that we're going to need to become who He's created us to be, and to step into things that are inside of our hearts. Because I know in this room there's dreams, there's destinies, there's callings represented in this room that are really big. And how many people are walking in the fullness of your destiny right now? I mean, we're all see. She is back there. Okay, we all are on a journey, and um, and God, we need the stuff that He's giving us because He's such a good Daddy. He provides at every point along the journey. And so, today I want to talk about um, an aspect of it that it basically expanding our values, um, expanding our value for different legs of the journey. And today I want to talk about perseverance, patience, endurance. You know, seasons that don't make sense, you go through them, you're like, I, I know who you are, Lord. I know what you called me to, and I have no clue why I'm right here. What are we doing, God? I don't understand. Seasons that don't make sense or seasons that even knock you off. It's not that I don't even understand. I am confused. What in the world are we doing, God? And so, I want to share a little bit about my story. Um, So I got saved when I was in sixth grade, and my youth group went on a missions trip to Mexico when I was in seventh grade. And I have some pictures up here. On, I'm in seventh grade on the picture on the right, and with a skirt, we were in Mexico and uh, ministering at a church and working with kids. And on this trip, I got to learn another part of myself. My heart came alive on this trip, and I learned that I love. Not just people, but I love people with different cultures who think differently, live differently, even have a different language. I, my heart was full and undone, and I thought, oh, I, did not, I did not know that people ate this kind of food. I didn't know. Oh my gosh, I want to understand what they're saying. I was intrigued. My sister taught me how to say, do you love puppets? Because we were working with kids. So, te gusta ti And I would just run around yelling that the whole time. And she's so embarrassed by me. She'd say, Candace, stop saying that. I was like, I don't care. They can understand me. So I was running around the streets just yelling, do you like puppets? (laughs) See, short-term missions trips a lot of times are more about the people going, what God does in you, than I don't know what they got with me yelling around, I like puppets, do you like puppets? But um, God began to do something in my heart there. And I went on from there to do... um, the light ride was an the Assemblies of God, big, giant fundraiser. We'd ride 360 miles in like five days, and um, we'd raise tons of money, give it to missionaries, and missionaries would come and speak, and, and I knew just during all those things, my heart was just getting undone for the nations, and specifically Latin America. I was like… I want to live in Spanish. I want to go back there. So I graduated from high school. And two weeks after I graduated from high school, I moved to Colombia. And I did YWAM in Cartagena. And um, they said it was a bilingual school. Um, And when I got there, the director was the only one who spoke English. And he was never there. And it was in faith that they said it was bilingual. Because they're going to grow to be bilingual. So I was the only American at that school. And um, I'll tell you, I was a little lonely at first because um, my Spanish wasn't that great after two years in high school, but um, after a couple weeks, I got to be a lot more um, conversational. But it was the most amazing time. That picture in Cuba, I went there on my outreach for a month, and those are all Cubans around me, and it was such a special time to be in a place where persecution was happening really hardcore. I was there in 94, when Cubans were getting on rafts and floating to America because the economy was um, all basically broken. It was really a sad time there, but beautiful. And my heart just came alive as well. And then I went to college right after YWAM, and my first semester, or first summer, I interned in El Salvador with a missionary there. Uh, for three months and, um, and got to enjoy going all over the country working with the schools and different neighborhoods. But all of that to say, this is Candice and what she was in her heart. And I'm a very driven person. Anyone here really driven? Like, when you know what you want to do or what's, what your dream is, then you just start clicking down the steps. Like, what do I need to do to make this happen? So I had a heart for Latin America. And so I went to school, and I was in college, and I was studying intercultural child development because I needed to figure out a way to get back to Latin America. And I meet Eric, and Eric had been in Mexico. And so we just got to know each other, swapping stories. I'm like, oh, I'd love Mexico. I'd love to live there because I want to live in Spanish and be with these beautiful people. And we uh, get engaged. And then we moved, stuff switched, and we moved to Reading. And I don't know if you've been to Reading there's not very many Latin people there and I would get we're in Reading and I just went through this season where I had to die I had to die going God why would you give me this heart for Latin countries people nations and put me in Reading like I know you're not cruel but this feels like a joke So we're in Reading, and um, I would say I'd go on this cycle our first year of marriage, but I only did it for one year, where the first I would, you know, go along, I'm doing good, God's my provider, and then like a month or two later, I'd find myself walking around Walmart in Reading, just going, what am I doing? What does my life come to? Why am I here? And mind you, I was walking in Walmart because Reading, even last week I think was 114 degrees, it's hot. It's hotter than Greenville. And we lived in an apartment upstairs, and it got so hot that it was hot to walk in our kitchen on the linoleum, on the kitchen floor, and our milk in our refrigerator would expand. And I was like, where are we? I'm in Reading, and I have no clue why I'm here. So every two to three months, I would have to cycle back down, kind of get with God, and be like, okay, Lord, you're my provider. We're going to be okay. And um, But it was a season that didn't make a lot of sense to me. It's a season that didn't just make sense, it actually knocked me off. I was like, I can't figure out where we're going on this journey, because I'm pretty sure we were going in that direction. But I learned a lot in this season, and I would love to talk about this, because I believe that we are supposed to be bright-eyed and full of hope, not just today, but tomorrow and in a week in a month, in a year, and that we should look more beautiful as we go on the journey. And I believe how we, what decisions we make on that journey will dictate what we look like when we get there. And so, I just want to encourage us, and my prayer is that you feel full of strength and that you can get some nuggets from this as well. In seasons that don't make sense, specifically that one, what I learned was praise God even when I don't understand. I believe that the most beautiful praise comes out of that place and the most beautiful worship. Like if you're having a hard time and you would say, gosh, I do feel like things are just more uphill and it doesn't fully make sense. I can't figure out exactly what's going on. You should be the wildest one down here, just letting it rip and giving God everything. I believe that it's in that place of even not fully understanding when we give God our best there is something so pure and special about it because you don't always have the opportunity. Because it's easy to praise God when you're like, this is amazing, thank you Lord for all these blessings in my life. But when you can praise and thank God for even what you don't understand or what you don't even have yet, Reva was kind of going there in worship. That's a beautiful gift that we have. And then secondly, he taught me a lot about trusting in him. Trusting in him to provide. Because he's a provider, he's always providing. So if we feel like we have lack, or that there's, there's just dryness, That's, we just need to ask God the right question. God, what do you have for me today? Because he always has something. Maybe you want chocolate cake, and he's providing you um, broccoli. I don't know, but he's always providing something. So as long as we're willing to eat what he's providing, then, um, then we're gonna be okay. Seasons out don't make sense. Um, I learned about contentment, that as long as we can receive what he has, and we could give it away, we're gonna be okay. It doesn't matter if we're on the mountaintop or in the valley, but we can learn to be content in all situations, because that's who he is. He allows us to, to live in that place. And then lastly, this one's huge, is don't rely on my ways and my ideas. And I have really good ideas. Like, I'm a very smart person, and I'm thankful for that. But even my ways and ideas, they fall so short, and they actually don't lead me in the best place. My questions even get me into more problems with the Lord. Like, maybe just stop and let me take care of you and guide your steps, Candace. That's what one of my favorite verses is um, when is it in Isaiah 55? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways, um, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That just makes me feel safe that maybe I don't know everything, and it's gonna be okay. (laughs) So we lived in Reading, and mind you, it did take me about a year to figure it out to where I just learned to be content, um, and learned to praise and be thankful, even when I had no clue why I wasn't in Latin America. And um, the funny thing is, see, was it, oh, a year after we got married, they started the school of ministry. And the School of Ministry, so Redding is in Northern California, it's actually even hard to get there in an airport. And when they started the School of Ministry, it became a place where so many international people were coming. So many international people were coming to this town in Northern California with tons of white people and um, from all over the world. And that's where God placed me. Isn't that funny? Ha like, it was, a hard, it was a hard first year before that all happened. And then it was years for it to grow more and more and more international, but it was such a gift to be in this place that I had no clue what was going to happen, but I could have never been there and enjoyed it all had I not been able to do those things. And I'm so thankful that God allowed me to live in Redding, California. And I would say we have really, really close good friends all over the nations and all over the world because we were in that place at that time. And it was probably, we had way more reach and touch into so many nations than I would have ever had if I would have gone with my plan. But sometimes you just don't know that because his ways are higher than ours. So I hope that, as you sit here, I hope that you are encouraged even as I speak that um, God is so good that even if you don't understand, just hang in there, keep going, don't stop. Please, no one stop right now. We want to keep going. Galatians 5.22, who, who loves fruit? Fruit, yes. Who wants to have a lot of fruit in their life, specifically if it's fruit of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Galatians 5.22-23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. I love fruit. I love all of these. But that long-suffering one, I mean, that's a hard, like, do we really love that? And that's what I want to just talk about, just the value system. Because when I read the word, God values long-suffering. And, God, and long-suffering is something that if we want to be bright-eyed, full of hope, and beautiful and healthy in 10, 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, this thing of long-suffering, we have to learn how to embrace it and have value for it. And so when you're in places that you feel like it's uphill or there is suffering, what do we do so that we don't stop, that we don't run away? Because if we do that, sometimes we just go around mountains and stuff that is supposed to get produced inside of us doesn't get produced. So God, teach us to value what you value. Because I know we have so many promises. I love promises in the Bible. We have promises of life, promises of abundance, promises of healing because it's who Jesus is. We have promises of reconciliation, nations, peace, restoration. And I know that we are on a journey of stepping into promise. And there's so many things represented with parts and callings and destinies and promises in this room. But how many people are living all of it right now? We're not. So we're on the journey, and I want to encourage us I read about Abraham and Sarah, and what I learned about that is God is not in a hurry. I don't know if that's encouraging or not, but so Abraham, he's not even a young man. He's 75 years old, and God says, Abraham, leave your country, and I'm going to take you to a new place. I'm going to take you to a new place, and you're going to be a father of nations. Like That's a great word. Abraham is 75 years old and has no children. So Abraham says, okay, I'm going to go, so Abraham goes on the journey, and he's 75 years old, and it's a journey because even 10 years later, as he's trusting God, God tells him again, Abraham, you're going to be a fathers of nations, and he's like, but you know I don't have a child with my wife, and God says, look at the stars of the, oh, he says, I don't have a child with my wife, Sarah, um, so who's going to inherit this land that you said is going to be full of my descendants? And he says, well, Abraham, look at the stars in the sky. Look up there. And that's how numerous your descendants are going to be. Abraham's, okay, okay, God, 85, 85 now. Okay. So then, let's see, from the first time he's 75, 85, now he's 99. 99 years old. Abraham, Abraham, you're going to be a father of nations. I'm going to give you a son. With Sarah, my wife? This is still going to ha- Yes, I'm going to. Sarah's 90 years old. God finally gives them a child. 25-year journey. I look at that and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Is that encouraging or discouraging? <laughs> like, What I learn is God is not in a hurry, but he's right on time. He's right on time if we'll trust him and just surrender to him. Um, Hebrews 6, uh, verse 11 through 15 says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Praying for patience. There's something that... um Gosh, as a culture, we have lost. Um, just in our value system of the insta-culture, uh, everything that we have access to, generally we want it, we want it now. Seek pleasure and avoid pain, is kind of what we're taught. And I remember getting our first microwave, we were I was in first grade, and, um, and just like, you don't even have to take the time to cook a good meal, you could cook I don't know, an okay meal really fast. And, um, you know, and if you don't want to take the time to, or you don't have the time to make something or even go to a restaurant, don't worry. You could go to fast food. We go through a drive through And you get, we get so used to that. Even a drive through that takes five minutes. I've been, I'm, I'm like, are you serious? How long is this going to take? And then you're like, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to back out of here. Oh no, a car's behind me. I'm stuck. I'm in this whole drive through for 10 minutes of my life. There's something with technology, as technology advances, we're losing the value and even the knowledge of what process is like, because we can get things as fast as we want it, and even with the internet, we can get on it and get any answer we want or don't want at just one click of a key. And that's all beautiful, but there is something that God values that we're losing, because we want it, and even like, I love praying for people, I love I love getting prayed for, I love getting healed. I will choose healing over years of counseling any day. Like, oh yes, Lord, heal me now and set me free from anything that entangles me. But sometimes he doesn't always do that in that way. Sometimes it's a process. And even, this is the interesting thing, so I love healing for impartation and like I'll take everything that you have for me, Lord, but I haven't figured out how to impart patience. Lord, give me patience. Well, you see, it's gonna be a journey and we're going to go from here to there and i'm going to be with you but do you know what he also develops in that is he develops in perseverance he de- develops character and character is so important i tell you even this last year and a half has been a very interesting journey the part in south carolina has been amazing but the part transitioning out of our last role at bethel was so challenging. It was challenging because it, in so many regards, was our home, was a place we were deeply rooted. And to leave a place like that, I tell you that besides the faithfulness of God, the one attribute that I think helped me get through that was character. I felt so much that I was upheld by character that I can't even look at God, look at myself, and look at people and face everybody through the whole transition. And so I'm so thankful for what God does. It's all those other seasons that were challenging that he started to build something really deep inside of me, and um, it served me so well in this last season. I'm so thankful for that. And I love reading James 1, verse two and four, because this is what I want to be developed inside of us. My brethren, count it all joy. Can you say joy? Joy. We're talking about things that we're gonna count as joy when you fall into various trials. Yay. And it's just, I think it's interesting. Even the word various, it's not just, oh, when you have one trial, but there's going to be all different kinds, big ones, little ones, all different kinds, but count it all joy, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Isn't that cool? Like, I don't know how to pray for you for patience, but it's telling us right there, like that he just, when our faith gets tested, it produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That is serious language right there. Lacking nothing. So if anyone's feeling like they're having a hard time going uphill, I hope this is encouraging because, I mean, God is taking care of you if you'll just let him do his work in you. And we learn to embrace it instead of get out of it. This room is full of people who are called to be kings and queens in resource movements and nations. This room is full of people who have words that will set a generation free. This room is full of people that will write, produce, and film movies and plays that will shape culture. I believe that there are leaders here that will lead industries, movements, businesses, and cities. But I also know that For a lot of us, that hasn't materialized yet. Not how we thought, and maybe not yet, because we're on this journey. And tonight, I want to encourage us that wherever we're at, that we would let God, that we'd settle into what God has for us now, because I believe He's developing things in us so that we can become all of that, that we're on this journey. And even we're going to pray for people for breakthrough, because the beautiful thing is you're not alone on your journey, that we're here together and I want to encourage you. I love this uh, quote from Franklin D. Roosevelt. It says, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot in it and hang on. Any great leader, great business person will always have a quote of perseverance because they didn't get there just by happenstance. It's because they held on, they endured, because when you endure, you step into great things. And I don't believe that there is a way around that. And so I'm just saying, courage, courage, courage. A few years ago, um, Eric and I were on a bike ride. We would always have Fridays off at our last work and love to do different things. Um, And bike riding was one of them. We have mountain bikes. And there's this place in Reading. It's surrounded by mountains. And there's this place called Top of the World. And you have the most gorgeous views of the valley and the city. And so we're on this bike ride. And um, the thing about Top of the World is it's at the top of a mountain to get to a top of mountain, if you're not in a car, that means you have to ride your bike up it. So it was all working good, you know, until it wasn't. I was riding my bike, riding, and it was just getting really hard to pedal and thank God we had gears. So I was shifting my gear to lower because it makes it easier with each rotation. But then it got to a point where I had no more gears and I was working as hard as I could and I still was barely making it. And I'm like, oh man, so what are my options if I can't keep riding. And it was so steep at this point on a dirt trail that um, if you pedaled too hard, that your um, tire just kind of um, sped out because it was too steep. And, um, but if you don't keep pedaling, then you would fall over because it's too steep. Right. So I'm like, well, what are my options here? I could stop, I could put my brakes on and stop, but I probably couldn't get going again because you can't start just that high, going on that steep of a mountain. So I'm like, I could stop, and then I probably wouldn't get started again, so that's an option. I could turn around, and I'd be going the opposite direction of where I want to be going, and um, my other option is I could keep going. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to keep going, but as I was pedaling, I just kept pushing the gear, going, maybe there'll be one more gear. Wouldn't that be nice? So it would make it a little bit easier, because I could barely do this anymore. And where I'm going, and i have my own mind battles. Do you ever do that where you have so much going on in your brain? You're like, "Ah, Eric and I don't need a conversation because I have plenty going on myself. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm riding my bike and, and knowing like, I just don't know how much more I can make this. And then I'm clicking the whole time too, going, maybe there's another gear. And then all of a sudden I'm going and another gear clicked and it was just enough to give me that edge to keep going. And I was like, oh yeah. I can do this and then my conversation changed to like i got this we're going so it was amazing and as i'm going i hear god say because it was a really hard season in the natural as well i hear god say candace i have a new gear for you not just for your bike but also in life and i was like i will take that lord and um see it had been a year that was just really challenging it felt like everything was uphill in life like everything that was happening and so i took that i'm like okay, Lord, so you're giving me new gear. That means there's a new grace that with each rotation, it's just a little bit easier. And I want to tell you tonight that when we don't give up, I believe that we can access new gears, that God has something for us when we lean into him. And what gets developed in those seasons, here's a word that I love. It's called grit. Grit. And grit is courage and resolve, strength of character. When you don't give up, something gets developed in you that goes, no, I know that we can get through this. Because there is gonna be things that God is putting in front of you or placing you in that you're gonna need grit. And sometimes it's not even for just yourself, but then you can lead other people through it as well. You, can, you have a different faith that goes a lot deeper, and um, it's something beautiful that God does in us, and we need it. So I say this to encourage us. If you're in a hard season where it feels like uphill, God is developing something beautiful that we need that will serve us really well. Romans 5, 1 through 5 says, There, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Yay! Trials, tribulations, hard things, It's always saying joy and glory with that. Knowing that tribulation, and it's because of this, we know that tribulation produces perseverance. There's that word again. And perseverance, character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Wow, this tells me what God values and what he's trying to give us in every situation. Thank you, Lord. So let's add some joy and some glory, (laughs) glory in our tribulations. Yay. Thank you, Lord. So when we're doing worship, you just come down here and just add some glory and some joy during your worship. So how do we lean in? How do we stand? If we're in hard places, what does it look like to lean into God? And I'd say number one is to seek God and look to him. Look up. Having a heart of worship and gratitude, in my season specifically, in the Reading one, that's what changed the game, was gratitude. There was a moment I was driving, and it was one of my, you know, just going through my cycles. And I was like, I'm in Reading, okay, Lord, we got this. This is almost a year it took me. And I looked up, and mind you, Reading was just challenge. Reading was more, why God, why not, why here? And I looked up, and I was like, wow, that cloud is really beautiful. Wow, Reading has a really beautiful sky. Thank you, Lord, for the sky in Reading. That simple acknowledgement began to shift everything in my attitude. The fact that I could see something that I liked about Reading and thank God for it began to shift something in me. And and gratitude and worship are very closely related. And it began to shift my heart that I could actually access and find God in this place that I never really wanted to be in. And everything began to change, not around me, but inside of me. So we have Hebrews 12, one through two, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And for me, that sin was complaining. For me, that sin in that time was not being thankful because that was just tangling me up. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him Endure the cross. See, he was Jesus. That's what his life was. He was a man, he was God of endurance. Endure the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. So it's who he is. So how do we lean in and um, stand? Seek God, look at him, look up. Number two, recognize or identify the season context need. Sometimes, we get so knocked off in a season that we um, just do what we know. I'm just gonna continue to um, sow my seed and to work the ground. And we don't realize it's, ty- it's winter time and it's time for the land to rest. And we won't rest because we only have one mode. Work, 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 and God's saying, no, it's rest. And so we're working against even the season God has us in. It's like if you're living in South Carolina and it's summertime, but you're wearing a winter coat. You're like, I wear winter coats because I love them and God protects me and he provides me with winter coats and you're dying because you're overheating. And you're like, take off your winter coats, it's summertime. Do you know what season it is? Season, that will change everything for you, especially when you're in a season that you don't understand. Ask God, what season is it? What context are we in right now? Because I wanna work with you and live in the right season. Um, and then thirdly, get his narrative and perspective. For me, when we were on the bike ride, I was just like, man, this is hard, this is horrible. That was just, Candace, my like, God, what do you see? Oh, don't worry, I'm taking you to um, a high place and um, where you're gonna get to see a beautiful view. I'm like, oh God, what are you doing versus how I'm feeling? So what if we stopped and asked God what he's saying and what he's doing in those seasons, in those times? And then fourthly, where is your grace? This is huge because we all have a grace, and the grace on the person next to you is not the same as your grace. The places that you can go and how you can do that um, are very different. And so sometimes we get, especially in seasons that are hard, we look at other people. We're like, well, they can do it. What's wrong with me? What's why I, I don't? I'm not doing very good homeschooling my kids, but everybody else is homeschooling their kids. You're like, uh, well, where's your grace at? What are you good at? And I remember. Um, even being in reading reading um, is uh, Bethel was a very conference heavy conference bring in all these amazing speakers and ministers from all over and and we were on staff so we would be there hosting and helping and it was like our first year of marriage and we had Randy Clark there who's doing a nine day conference at Bethel and which sounds amazing but that's your life you live there like nine day conference and then do another conference and another conference and and um, We were like day four in it, and I realized like I was just starting to feel like I was shriveling. The world was getting less bright. It was just getting, like I was feeling less energetic, and the conference was amazing, and people were getting healed, and it was awesome, but something was shriveling inside of me. And I was like, Eric, I don't know what's wrong. Maybe I'm not spiritual enough. I have no clue, but I think I need to stay home tonight. And um, I decided to go take a walk instead of going to church to a conference, and I went to take a walk and everything got brighter and I could find God again. And I was like, oh, I just actually need to be outside a little bit more. That's just part of who, how I'm made to be. And I, I love conferences and I want all that God has for me, but I do need to understand how God created me and the grace that he's put on my life and be okay with that. So I just knew every couple of days, I just need to make sure that I'm outside and being a little bit active, because then I can actually connect with who God's created me to be. But we all have different graces and in, in everything that we do, but it's, especially when you're having a hard time, where's your grace at? What, what, how has God made you? And then um, lastly, partnering with truth. Truth is so important and so powerful. And when we're in seasons that are hard, we're very aware of what we don't like. We're very aware of what isn't going right. But what is his truth? And I love Philippians 4:8, 8. Um, and it says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So I love the first part. Whatever things are true. Like, I love truth. This is hard. I don't like this. Is that true? Yes. But it doesn't actually fit the second ones. Is it noble? Uh, probably not. Is it just? I, I don't know. Is it pure? pure, hard, wrong, whatever things are. Is it lovely, no. Is it a good report, no. So I just filter things. Like what am I actually putting into my brain and thinking on? I'm only allowed to think about something that can fit through that filter. And so in a hard place, I'm like, what is true, but it's also praiseworthy at the same time? You're a good father. That's true, and it's praiseworthy. I can say that, oh, OK. What am I thankful for? I'm thankful that I have health. But it's finding things, meditate on those things, not the things that you want to complain about and run away from. And that's how we learn to find God in those spaces and places. Thanks for listening, and we hope this talk benefits you in every way possible. For more information about Studio, you can go to studiogreenbill.com or go to Instagram and look for studio.greenville. We would also love it if you would leave a review and hit those five stars. Other than that, have a great week and we'll see you soon.